Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. A foggy day in London town had me low and had me down. Email is a wonderful tool, but the downside is that it can be fraught with danger if we, for example, try to resolve issues using this medium that has no visual cues and no audible cues, just words on a page open for interpretation. And not responding to someone's email is also sending a message. Psychologist Meredith Fuller has the final part in our series on email manners. For those of us who misinterpret a response or misinterpret that we never got a response back from an email, so therefore it's affecting us in so much as we're feeling rejected. How do we process that? Sometimes I find humour can be very helpful. So, um, you know, you might initially start with, after a reasonable, appropriate gap, you might want to, you know, check that they got it. And, and often people will be quite self-effacing about that, so they might say something like, look, I've been having a bit of trouble with my emails, just want to check you got that, rather than again an accusatory, I know I sent it. You must have got it, mustn't you? <laughs> but to actually recognise that things can go wrong with technology, perhaps it didn't arrive or something's happened and you just want to double-check, and then you might use some, some form of humour if that's comfortable with you, that can be acceptable. Or um, you might actually be able to say, um, I'm, what are you feeling? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned, I haven't heard from you, I'm worried, is everything OK? Or I'm... Um, I'm really hoping that I can hear from you soon. Is, is everything all right between us? Or that that sense of it, it is okay to actually talk about our feelings. Yes. <laughs> and that can be really helpful because it can often pull someone up very short when they get that feedback because that they had no idea that you might have been feeling vulnerable or anxious or worried or whatever, and that that they didn't want you to feel like that at all, and and they can reassure you. So it is perfectly okay to let people know where you're up to with things. Well, that comes back to diffusing it by just making a quick phone call again, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I always think nothing beats one-to-one in person. Yeah. Next best is the phone, and then third best we've got the emails. And it, it's really these days, because we've got Skype, we've got so many new technologies that are helping us to actually get those visual cues, um, you know, it, it really can be important to say, this is this is a Skype thing, this isn't just a, a word thing, or yeah. hey, we do need to be on the phone, and realise uh, in these busy times that our relationships and the nature of our relationships are so vital, we really want to make sure that the other person hears what it was that we intended, and that if there's anything we can do to make sure that happens, that how important that is. And what about in the case where we are actually being rejected or we are being spoken to tersely? How do we process that? Well, sometimes I think it comes back to also understanding the other person. Uh, I have some friends who are, who are very efficient and effective in their communications. And I know for them, you know, getting three lines is, is gold because um, they're just so busy and it is part of who they are. And um, I, I always remember, hang on, this is how the person does communicate and this is their lifestyle and, and it, I remind myself this is who they are rather than seeing it through the lens of, you know, they should do it like I do it. <laughs> so it's important to think about the person and how they are and also you might um, make a decision, therefore, well, what does this mean in terms of do I continue this 
relationship or do I ask for some minimum standards to be met so that I can continue the relationship or, hey, if they've really walked over the line, do I need to let them know? Uh, and you, you might, again, say, I, I, you know, I need, a, I need a goodbye or I need a hello or I need a something. <laughs> and, uh, again, this is where I think that little bit of humour and um, yeah. not make them feel attacked but but remind them that they need to think about you as well. You know, it can be can be helpful. And the fact that you've been able to name that is helpful for you. I mean, they, they may then choose not to respond or to say, well, tough luck, get over it or whatever, but you know you've told them how you feel in some way and that's part of the importance of dealing with it and getting through it is that you've got every right to say how you feel. Of course, they don't necessarily have to respond in the way you'd like or respond at all, but at least you know you've got it up and out rather than having it seething in your body. Yes. So what would you say to someone who places their self-worth in getting a response or in the way that a person emails them? I guess it's really important to remember that it really is only one way, one method that we do communicate, and some of us are much better at it than others. Um, you know, I, I never cease to be amazed at other friends who, who actually, when you sit down and have a good talk about it, say, well, look, Meredith, I never respond to you because I can't type properly and I can't, you know, it's all I can do to turn a machine on and I avoid it and it's too hard and... Um, you know, there are lots of reasons why people don't respond. So don't assume it's because they don't like you. Yeah. Uh, find out what's going on first. The other one is that it may be that with that person, they only like doing things on the phone and they won't respond if you email. So then you can make a decision about, well, what do I want to do about that? So thinking of the other person again is helpful. But also, I guess it's remembering that we all have different methods of communication and ask yourself, what is, it, what is it I'm really wanting from this person? And have I made that clear? Sometimes we can have a need beneath our need and people may not know what it is because it's so convoluted. So try, try and get clear about that. But um, ultimately, it's, 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 not, um, you know, it's not how many responses you have. And you know, some people like to wear it as a badge of honour, like, you know, I've got 2,006 totally close best friends on my Facebook, so exactly. I must be more loved than you because you've only got 20. Uh, it's not about a numbers game, but, it, but it's about um, how important it is to find a way through to have at least a minimum communication of the nature that's satisfying for both of you. So not pinning your sense of self on one modality I think is really important. And yeah. remember that it's not a popularity context. Yes. And also remember that... Um, you need to be clear about what's your underlying purpose for having that communication and, and really being able to reflect on that. And I read some research, and this is a discussion for a whole other time, but it said that our level of narcissism it correlates with the amount of friends we have on Facebook. <laughs> That's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm always um, cheered by the notion that um, a lot of research about our ancestors and even earlier forebears worked out that we really work best in groups of about 8 to 12 and 20 to 50 uh, in larger sense. And anything over 50 is just way too overwhelming for yeah. people for centuries. So uh, we, we should just um, perhaps make it real and say to ourselves, if we've got one or two other people who we can talk to, we're doing pretty well. Absolutely. And the depth is so much more appreciated, isn't it? Absolutely right. I remember the singer Dan Fogelberg, he said uh, in an interview about his songwriting, as a singer-songwriter, he said, 
if I can get one other person to go to the place I was at when I wrote that song, when they listen to it, then I've succeeded. Oh, that's, that's gorgeous. That's so true. It's a beautiful comment, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Meredith, thank you so much for your insights and for your time. Oh, that's my delight. Foggy day in London town Had me low Meredith Fuller, psychologist and author of Working With Mean Girls, helping clear away the fog of email messaging. I love how she said that it's about not forgetting our manners, and that's regardless of who we are, really. In antiquity, Paul wrote some very interesting insights about how each of us should not just look at our own interests, but also to the interests of others, the way Jesus did. This is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.